I'm Trevor Cummings, and these are my thoughts on money. Hello, and welcome to the Thoughts on Money podcast, what we like to call Tom. I'm Trevor Cummings, your host of the podcast, and normally you're author of the Thoughts on Money blog, but today we have one of our other authors, Mr. Blaine Carver, to talk about New Year's resolutions. Yeah, thanks for letting me write it. Happy New Year to you, Trevor. Hi, thank you. Happy New Year. Oh, thank you. Uh, we are recording this in 2023, but maybe it'll publish in 2024 or right on the edge. Mm-hmm. I guess New Year's is Monday, so it'll come out before that. Yeah, it will. Monday, Chris, how do you feel about uh, Christmas on Monday? Uh, I mean, it was nice on one standpoint because it fell after the normal weekend, but I didn't like that everybody's back at work Tuesday. It felt a little bit odd. Mm, so when is the best day to have Christmas? I say Friday. Friday. Maybe Thursday, because then you feel like, oh, I can't go back to the office on Friday. So then you just four-day weekend it? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And then technically Wednesday, because Christmas Eve, you get it off too? I think it's, what is it, a half day? Yeah, something yeah. like that. So <laughs> anyway, New Year's resolutions. I think anybody that hears us says that uh, will roll their eyes because it's become kind of quite popular to understand that New Year's resolutions fade quickly. Mm-hmm. But maybe intro that for us. Yeah, well... I'll just start the way I started off in the article. And uh, I grew up in a small town in, uh, called Soldotna, Alaska. And we had a famous river that ran through the city called the Kenai River, where the world record king salmon was caught, which is 97 and a half pounds. And um, at first, when I read that, because my brain mixed the LBS with a one, <laughs> I was like 971 <laughs> pounds. And then I realized there was that was LBS. Yep. yep just 97. Yeah. So uh, I would I would fish on the river fairly often with my dad, and he was a, a master guide, master fisherman. I am not. I'm a novice. But you'd go on the river, and it's pretty fast moving. So usually it's a very apparent where the where the water's running. But there were pockets where it f- almost looked still, especially when you compared it to the other parts of the river. And so if a novice fisherman would maybe go in one of those pockets and intend to fish there, they might let out their lines, start fishing, start talking, and then soon enough, if they weren't alert. They might look up and they might be half a mile away from where they intended to fish. And what that gets us into is this whole concept of drift. And in our life, we tend to drift. We set goals, we set mission statements, you know, set out who we want to be, what we want to accomplish. And just over time, life gets busy, gets fast, and things come up and we tend to drift away from what we were intending to do. This article, huge impact on me. Hmm. Like... Tell me more. So I think some articles I read and they, they like tickle my ear and I'm like, oh, I really like this analogy was made or whatnot. But I feel like this concept is just so true. And I think I've heard it used in a, a few different ways. Like what you're using is the word drift, right? Mm-hmm. And then we've heard a concept of lifestyle creep, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then we've heard this idea of gradualism, right? Mm-hmm. Like how over time things can change quite a lot, mm-hmm. even though you don't notice it. Like we call it the boiling frog, right? Mm-hmm. So there's all these realities of, and, and for me, I've never done the type of fishing you've described, but I go to the beach sometimes, right? I live by the beach mm-hmm. and I've noticed sometimes going out in the waves, right? Yep. And then you look up and you're like, way to take my towel is like, a half a mile away, yep. right? Because you don't realize that current is taking you somewhere. Yeah. And it made me think, as you'll get into with a lot of goals that I've set, some of those habits, I've kind of let them go away. And the bummer about that is some of those habits were the foundation that helped me get into the financial security that 
you know, I was in at some point in my life. Mm. And as you drift away, you sometimes don't realize until you look up yeah. that, oh no, I have to course correct. Yeah, absolutely. And goals are good. You know, generally I would rather take goals rather than no goals. Yes. However, I do think, especially when it comes to New Year's resolutions, because they're so prevalent and everybody tries to make, you know, at least one or two or three New Year's resolutions, people are doing it maybe because they're, they just feel they're supposed to, or maybe they see it on social media and they, they're on kind of the holiday high and they're, they're motivated to make a change in 2024. And so they might stop and create these goals. But I do think a lot of people make surface level goals, myself included, which is why, you know, I said 9% of Americans that make resolutions complete them. That's, that's not just failing. That's, that's like higher than I, That's higher than I think I would have thought. Oh, really? Yeah. What I, would you have guessed? Well, I don't know. Like, so I'll just be honest on the podcast. I think I have two resolutions, but I started them in December because I wanted to like have some momentum yeah. into the starting yeah, line. Uh-huh. But later, and this is why I think this article is impactful. Later on, you're going to talk about like prioritizing the who and the why mm-hmm. over the what and the how. Yeah. And I think for one of my resolutions, I don't want to call them that because I don't want to, you know, not achieve this, mm-hmm. but I've had a ton of back pain lately. And I think it's related to carrying some extra weight. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, especially with where my age is, uh, metabolism starts to slow down, all that stuff. And I think that line in the sand between COVID, I think a lot of people get, is it fair to say a lot of people gained weight like, oh, yeah. during that COVID yep. season? And then I think I just kept it. And I feel like I'm carrying like a backpack of 15 pound rocks that my lower back just doesn't like. Mm-hmm. So going back to what you're going to introduce for us, I kind of changed my why. There might be some aesthetic benefits to losing weight, but I want to lose weight. Why? Because I don't want my back to hurt. And the who, I I want to be able to play with my children and be active because when you have a back injury, it's so debilitating. It's like, I came and describe it. I've heard people talk about back pain my whole life, but until I experienced it, I'm like, oh no, like all of the things that I love to do, I all of a sudden can't really do mm-hmm. and a little bit of anxiety and fear about doing yeah. those things about re-injuring my back yeah well that's so important that you've already done the groundwork of understanding the who and the why because thank you dr carver <laughs> because when you get to that point there's you know this as well as i do there's going to be some barriers that come up in the year there's going to be you know life gets busy or you know, maybe we're in the holiday season, there's constantly cookies or cake on my counter. And so there's going to be barriers. But if you have that who, you know, who I want to be, and then the why behind it, you know, I want to play with my children, and I don't want my back to hurt. That's, that's a powerful motivation and resilience to kind of get past those barriers. And it helped me to even reestablishing the how to be less because I know myself, and I'm very black and white, Mm -hmm. and I live in the extremes. And that is not sustainable. Mm -hmm. So to be able to look at a cookie and say, oh, I want to enjoy this right now. And I can enjoy this in moderation, Mm -hmm. but not to the extent of like how I've done in the past, like cookie monster. I just want to eat everything. Even for me, none of our listeners will understand this because I feel like this is a thing of the past, but I still love soda. I still love drinking Coca-Cola. So for me, giving those things up, when you understand your why and when I felt the back pain and thinking, oh, maybe a little bit of weight loss would help. Mm. It's just a lot easier to say like Coke with pain, mm. Coca-Cola that is, yeah. or uh, <laughs> or no soda without pain. And it's like, oh, that's an easier decision mm-hmm. than just 
trying to manage self-control. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you an example. Last night, uh, I was talking through this with, with my wife, Kendall, and I, I just asked her, what are some of your financial goals in 2024, honey? And one of the things she said right away, she goes, I want to stay under budget every month this year. And I go, okay, interesting. Tell me more. And I, I said, tell, tell me why. Why, you, why do you want to do that? And she just said, I don't really know. I feel like I'm supposed to. And I think that's where a lot of people stop is they just say, hey, my New Year's resolution is I want to stay under budget or I want to put more towards my 401k or I want to start my estate planning. But they kind of let it sit there. So I asked her why. And then she said, well, actually, I really want to be able to save enough so that we can go to Italy. So our 10-year anniversary is coming up this summer. We have three young kids. Probably won't be able to go to Italy this summer. My 10-year anniversary is coming up too. And I also want to go to Italy. 2014? Maybe we should go together. (laughs) (laughs) We're thinking maybe we'll do it on year 11. Wait a second. When is your anniversary? July 4th. Oh, July 19th. We're right by each other. Yeah. Where'd you get married? She'd been married longer than me. San Francisco, grandmother's backyard. Okay. Only five people were there. Okay. <laughs> we had more people than, than five. No, but, we uh, might have had 10. I don't know. It was like my wife's mom, dad, sister, and then my side, mom, dad, sister, and then nephews, and then like two friends yeah. from church that came down. We wanted to keep it really small Yeah. because Special. my father-in-law was like, hey, if you don't do the wedding, you have this much to spend. The big on, wedding. Uh, no, yeah. If you don't do the big wedding, you have this much to spend on a honeymoon. I'm like, Psh, I'll take door number two. <laughs> Sound like a financial advisor. (laughs) Did you guys go to Italy on your honeymoon? So not on our honeymoon, but we did in 2018. And that was some of the best days of our lives. I mean, just exploring Italy. And it was a trip that we came back from. We said, we absolutely want to do that again. Where'd you go? We went, uh, we started Rome and then we went to Florence, Cinque Terre, and then finished in Venice. Oh, nice. Magical trip. Yeah. I really enjoyed Cinque Terre. Yeah. A lot of fun. Hiking trails. Yeah. The... uh, Pe- is pesto what's famous there? Yeah, I think pesto, pesto focaccia, le- yeah. limoncello. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. There you go. Our listeners might have like left the podcast now that we're talking about uh, Rick Steves. Uh, they all want to go to Italy now. Yeah, gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> you were I mean, about to say something? I made homemade pesto this week, but I was going to tell you maybe structurally because some of our listeners haven't read the article. Mm-hmm. You can go back and say this description of the who and the why mm-hmm. before the what and the how, and I'm going to encourage our listeners because it had a big impact on me. If you need to play this part back and listen to it again, really understand it because I can't express how important framing is because it, it, it like it has a tendency to kind of convince yourself or motivate yourself or understand like really why you're doing something and mm-hmm. it will change you from being a 9% chance of achieving mm-hmm. a resolution or goal to something really big. So Blaine titled the section, the who and the why before the what and the how. A lot of words in that sentence, but I want you to slow down and understand what that means and see if you can apply it to some of your, again, resolutions, goals, objectives, hopes, aspirations, dreams, whatever you want to call it. Thanks for teeing that up. So the what and the how are important. Those are the mechanics. But like I said, the who and the why before those things. And so when I say who, I'm really talking about doing some introspection, the hard work of understanding who you want to be. And really how that manifests, I think, is through something like a mission statement or a vision statement. I'm going to pause you real quick. If that sentence you just said overwhelms somebody, Mm -hmm. right? Because like when you said vision statement or mission statement, just how I'm wired, I ain't never going to do that, right? So am I fair to say it could even just be like a one sentence, 
tagline description of like does that make sense like absolutely does it have to be really thought out and put on like parchment paper or no i don't think it has to be i I guess i think of really strong businesses and they often have a one or two sentence tagline mission statement whatever you want to call it mantra something that they can hold on to at the bonson group we have one each year right and so it's powerful because it kind of unites everybody together towards a, a shared vision kind of a common objective and so if you're doing that, whether you're doing that for yourself or for your family, I think it just anchors you. So that's kind of what I was meaning when I said the who, uh, kind of a set of guiding principles. And then the why, we all know what the why is, but I think what you have to do to get to the why is just continue to ask questions. So you're just peeling back layers. So like my wife, well, why do you want to spend less than the budget every month? She mentioned Italy. Okay, that's that's a good why. And then she kind of went, you know, hey, we have three kids. I'd like to put them in some activities this next year. Hey, that's a good why. So we can save money so that we can put our three-year-old in soccer or whatever it might be. So yeah, that's that's kind of where I was going with with that section. That makes sense. And uh, I think I've never thought about the who before. And I think that was the part that stopped me in my tracks because it was like, it's like where the rubber meets the road. Like, Trevor, who do you want to be? Mm. And it's like, oh, that's heavy. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's it's huge because whether it's with, with money or or spiritual aspirations or whatever it is, it stops you in your tracks and like makes you, you know, mentally close your eyes and look in the mirror and say, who do you want to be? Mm-hmm. And I, it made me think a lot about my kids and mm. how I'd want them to describe me and, and how they don't describe me that way. I mean, even one of my little boys yesterday was having a tough time and he was sad and he looked at me and, I, and he goes, I just don't like it when you yell at me. And I go, tell me more. Like, let's talk about that. And and I understood where he was coming from, but I was asking him like, hey, when, when daddy asks you so, like three or four or five times, or how many times I ask you to do X, Y, Z, how do you want me to talk to you when you continue to not listen? Because naturally, I raise the volume, but you don't like that. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, walk me through it, right? But when you rest on the who, for me, it's different than the why. And I've mm. always heard the why. Why am I doing this? Why this? But who you want to be, man, that to me, that's much more powerful. Yeah, I, I agree. And to your point, as a dad, your, your who changes quite a bit when you become a dad. First step when you become married and then when you become a dad, your, your who definitely changes. We uh, spent a lot of time this month in Whoville. <laughs> we did. <laughs> my kids love the Grinch. Yeah, my, my kids do. My, my are hit or miss. Okay. <laughs> Depends on the day. So could you take like a really simple goal that somebody might have? It could be mm-hmm. the budget one or whatever and say like, hey, maybe their line was I want to stay under budget. What, again, whatever you want. But then on this podcast, just recraft it for us with the who and the why, uh, like simply. Yeah, I, I'll just give the example I gave in the article. And when we talk to a lot of folks, one of the things they often say is something along the lines of I want to get more financially organized. And it can be phrased in many different ways, but that's kind of the the basis of what a lot of people say one of their goals is. And I I think that's a good goal. It is surface level. So you need to understand what a little bit more about what that means. And so I talked about first understanding the who. So maybe for me, if I want to get financially organized, I would say, okay, I'm the leader of my household, especially when it comes to finances. I'm a I believe I'm a steward of the wealth I've I've been given. And so as a leader and a steward, I want to have transparency. I want to have organization for my family so that my spouse is protected if anything were to happen, so that she has peace of mind, so my kids are protected, um, and so that we 
know what we can spend money on. So we have a kind of a common vision of the things that uh, we can actually afford or that uh, you know give us joy in life. Makes a lot of sense. It, I, I'm, I, it looks like I'm daydreaming as you're looking at me because I'm thinking about one of my other resolutions, which I've said it on this podcast before and I struggled with it this year, was just simply to have awareness of how much we spend every month mm. because there's something that changes. There's some people that are in a situation where they have to watch it because they want to make sure you know, their debits match their credits, right? Their yeah. deposits are uh, greater than their withdrawals, right? But then how many clients do you talk to where you're like building a financial plan and you're like, hey, how much do you spend? And they don't know. So what you have to do is you have to take their income after taxes, minus out what goes into their 401k, yeah. and then whatever, just assume if nothing ends up extra in the checking account that that's their spending. Like, Basically backing into spending. Exactly. So you're like defining it for them. But the reason I was daydreaming a little bit and somebody can email me or whatever and tell me that they found the solution for this. But I have a million dollar idea if somebody wants to create this. It. Yeah, there's so many tools out there and we can name a ton that track spending, uh -huh. right? But I'll put them in two categories. There's the ones that you pay for, right? And then there's the ones that are free. Mm -hmm. The ones that are free are really distracting because there's a million advertisements, mm -hmm. right? There's not like clarity. And then there's the ones that you pay for that because you're paying for it, they want to put a ton of bells and whistles on it of things that you're not going to use, mm -hmm. right? I feel like a great tool would be something that like you open your phone on an application, mm -hmm. it makes you categorize everything you spent. Once it's categorized, it's, it's gone from your list. Mm -hmm. And then it emails you every single day and says, this is what you spent yesterday. This is what you spent this week. This is what you spent this month. And then give you some some basic comparisons. But like black and white, no color, no yeah. bells and whistles. Like I, I think our society like misses on the fact on how powerful just the awareness part is. Oh yeah. I think that's the most important part of budgeting uh, yeah. is just the awareness. Yeah, but I'm surprised there's not. I've searched for the tools. I, I'm, I'm using this tool now that uh, for me, for how I'm wired, it's the cleanest. It does like a an automatic export into Excel every day mm. from multiple different accounts. And you can do the categorization but still, it has a ton of other bells and whistles, and it the way they do emails and stuff, it's not just like boom, bam, bing, yeah. right? And I think that would be, I would pay a lot of money if somebody wants to go invent that. Yeah. Now, would you track your spending like that throughout the year, or is this a one-month thing? How do you do that? So my resolution for next year would be to categorize every expense, Okay. and not for budgeting, I don't know how to describe that. That's not my aspiration. My aspiration is simply that I know if I know what's going on, that I could like, my wife and I could say, we spent this much money last month and get within yeah. 5% of that figure. Right now we can't, right? Yeah. So I think that's just powerful. It gives you a lot of clarity yeah. and then helps you then start to map out what it looks like on the charitable side, mm -hmm. what it looks like on the vacation side, what it looks like on the saving side. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think for me, it all starts there. And that was the first Thoughts on Money article ever. Mm -hmm. It was that my best advice I could give somebody is that awareness on spending is the most underappreciated part of financial planning. Absolutely, I would agree. Before kids, my wife and I would sit down and review our spending every month. It wasn't necessarily a budget, but like you said, it was more awareness. Now that we have kids, we're a bit busier. I found that that just completely fell off the rails. 
And it wasn't always the most productive when we did it every month. So now what we try to do is two times a year, we do a deep, deep dive on the last month's spending. So it doesn't get everything because there's some expenses that are quarterly and whatnot, but it does give us that awareness every six months or so. And, and that way we, we understand pretty much what we're spending on a monthly basis and what we can cut out. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of different ways you can interpret this scripture, but I think the, the, the why or probably bleeds into the who, like that scripture that says where your treasures are, your heart will be too. Mm-hmm. I think that awareness for me, I, again, my conviction, it helps to say like, this is who we are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we might describe ourselves as X, Y, or Z, but like for our, for our, for our literal treasures, mm-hmm. this is how we're allocating them. It tells us what's important to us. Yeah, exactly. So when I do it, I like to leave the categories really broad, uh-huh. like food and kids. Like I, I, I want to have less categories. I'm more interested on just what the spending is. So yeah. Well, I'll, I'll take us on a little bit of a tangent just because I, I have to say this is somewhat what uh, was the impetus for this article. So there's a nonprofit organization it's based in Costa Mesa called Legacy Makers. And their their whole design, their goal is to train families to be intentional. Which this concept of drift, we get busy, especially with young kids, and we kind of get off track of who we might have said we were, we were wanting to be. And so my wife and I did this uh, this program about a year ago where we kind of went back through our, our family history. We looked at the good things, the maybe not so good things, kind of pulled a list of values that that we felt we were aligned on. And then we did create a, a family mission statement. But then from there, you're starting to to set essentially family goals and, and a family vision. And so that was powerful for us as a family. And looking to 2024, I kind of want to take that into my my financial considerations now. Yeah, it's it's helpful. And I even as you're saying that, I think like they say hindsight's 2020. I remember being 18 and making more money than I could have imagined as an 18 year old, mm-hmm. right? Like now I, I, I don't look at it that way, but my cost of living was so low. And I remember like, I wasn't 18, I was probably like 20. But like, I remember four or five years went by like a blink of an eye, right? And I looked back and I was like, why don't I have any money saved? <laughs> and I was like really confused and I didn't know the narrative of, of how I got there. And yeah, so it's created a little bit of a, a healthy fear in me to say like, there will be seasons of abundance or plenty and then there'll be other seasons. So that awareness through that and, and making sure that you're a good steward for me is like super helpful because I can't describe how many proverbs there are where it compares the ant and the sluggard, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, so that that's where my conviction comes from. And it's embarrassing that I have an expectation sometimes when I sit with a client, like, hey, we're doing a financial plan, what's your spending? And I expect them to answer that question. Mm-hmm. But if they reversed it and they asked me, at this point right now, until this resolution solves mm-hmm. itself in uh, 2024, that answer for me is a little bit of a headcock, like mm-hmm. a question mark, and uh, I would love to solve for that. So I'm glad that I got to lay down here with uh, Dr. Carver as he uh, <laughs> went through the psychology and, and walked me through this uh, as I'm laying on this leather couch right now. Yeah. That's not true, but I just got that visual. So <laughs> It's convicting to me too. And it makes me think about when we ask clients, what are your goals? I think that's sometimes not the best question because oftentimes we ourselves don't know our goals. Why do we expect our clients to know their goals? So I think there's there's better questions out there. 
yeah, maybe more of a conversation. And mm-hmm. uh, like you said, peeling peeling back. So yeah. um, nothing on my end to add to this, typically where we wrap the podcast up. Any final thoughts or anything you want our listeners to hear or know? Just this quote I thought was really powerful when it comes to setting goals. And, and maybe maybe it'll make you think twice about setting so many goals and instead scale back on maybe one or two that's really important to you. But the quote is, when we break promises to ourselves, such as committing to a healthier lifestyle and then reneging, we unknowingly teach our brain to distrust our words, leading to a loss of motivation and vision. Speaks to me because that's like when you set these things like, like you said about budgets, I've noticed with those tools, if you set budgets and then something extremely normal comes up, like new tires, mm-hmm. you're like, I, I, I'm in the red. What did I do? And it's like, you just didn't have the foresight to like to plan for that, but you didn't make a mistake, but you have enough of those red months and you're like, forget this, this, mm-hmm. this stinks. I don't want to do this anymore. So yeah. uh, it's a good quote. Where'd it come from? Uh, that was Legacy Makers, actually. They have a, okay. bu- a book and came directly from them. Oh, I thought you were so. going to be like, I said that. I'm quoting myself. <laughs> Blaine Carver. Yeah. I wish. <laughs> be so. Carver. So with that said, we'll ask that you rate the podcast five stars or preferred. You can leave comments there. Another great way to get a hold of us and engage with us would be to use this email, Tom, T-O-M, T-O-M. That's right. Tom, T-O-M at thebonsagroup.com. You can address that to Blaine or Trevor. Happy to hear uh, what your resolutions are, uh, any questions that you might have or comments or anything we can be helpful with. So with that said... We will be back next week in 2024 with more of our Thoughts Thoughts on on Money. The Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor before establishing a retirement plan.